Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for us. From the ultimate girl bomb grip to the professional grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girl Bomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb, available at Walgreens. G Suite by Google Cloud is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all of the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out, visit gsuite.com. Little toss to Jones, running right, good blocking, touchdown. What a start for the Packers. Now third down and goal, end zone, pass caught, Baldwin, touchdown. Blitz coming off the edge, pass caught, touchdown, Dixon. Perfectly laid out there by Russell Wilson. 27-24, Seahawks over the Packers. I'm Greg Rosenthal, alongside uh, my fellow scientist, Chris Wesseling. We're going to send it over to Dan Hansis and Mark Sessler and preview all the Week 11 games in just a bit. But first, got to talk about what felt to me like the first game of the end of the season. Like, this was the first game where it it's a little cold there. It's two teams on the ropes. It's a really great back-and-forth matchup between two Great quarterbacks. It was the first game of the season that felt late to me, and the Packers ended up coming up really small at late in this game. Yeah, it was also a loser-goes-home game. And sure, mathematically, the Packers aren't out of it. And, you know, you can if you're a Packers fan, you can talk yourself into the run the table. I, for the first time, I'm out. I agree with you. McCarthy's got to go. The game management was horrendous um, from the – uh, neglecting to challenge Tyler Lockett's 35, 34-yard completion that ended up with the game-winning touchdown to Ed Dixon a couple of plays later to uh, punting with four minutes left and just one timeout remaining, which meant Seattle could just pick up two first downs and end the game, to you know the disconnect with his quarterback and situational football. Aaron Rodgers, I have never in all my time watching football begged a quarterback to take a check down. <laughs> 
<laughs> until this game. Aaron Rodgers just refused to take a check down, and that situational football, I don't know how much of that is on his cocksure improvisation. I don't I can't say the word. It's been a long night. His playing style or or McCarthy's stale offense where the receivers just aren't open. I don't know, but Aaron Aaron Jones was open for checkdowns. He he was on a couple of the late drives. It was a tough second half for Aaron Rodgers. He said on the final throw he threw uh, into the dirt, a wide open receiver on third and two that the ball kind of stuck to his hand on that play. And you would have loved to see McCarthy go for it. And that's why I do think McCarthy is going to get replaced, assuming they don't make the playoffs, is it's not just that they blow the timeouts or you don't call the challenges and you know, you're know you counting on these isolation routes and these young receivers to get open on their own. It's that you don't have a feel of your own team. You don't have a feel of the game that's in front of you. The two previous drives that the Seahawks had, they went up and down the field and threw the Packers like they weren't even there. They were down four starters total going into the game. The Packers defense had lost Mike Daniels in this game. They lost Bashad Breeland. They lost another reserve uh, safety in the game. They Kenny Clark was in and out at, at the end of the game. And so that's why, okay, we need two yards. Let's trust Aaron Rodgers. And I've made this point before in the podcast, but if you don't get the two yards, your defense that you think can get a three and out can still get a three and out and try to force them to, to kick a longer field goal. So th- that killed me, but it also killed me as, as someone who, you know, is, is wanting the Packers to make a run here to see their offense only score three points on five possessions in the second half. And and some of that was on Rodgers, I got to admit. This is a game where he made two of the best throws you'll see all season and and a few other great plays, uh, but also, like you mentioned, was taking too many sacks, holding on to the ball too long. And a certain... Uh Oh, that's right. I was rooting for him because I locked him up, which is not not a good sign for (laughs) any team these days. A certain segment of, of Packers... Twitter and their fan base has been saying this all year that it's been an issue and that we've been overrating Rodgers and maybe we have and maybe that's a byproduct of watching condensed on game pass that we don't see situational football as much because this has been an issue and I've been calling it nebulous things like they seem to be able to move the ball at will until they can't but that's situational football and it's a problem. Well he also threw 30 passes for 332 yards two touchdowns no interceptions. I, you know, you. He you, was spectacular. Yeah. For for that's you what know, I'm saying. You can't look past that. On first and second downs, he was he was spectacular. And Aaron Jones to get 88 yards and two touchdowns in the first half and become an afterthought. In, right. in the game. Plan. That's what I mean. It's it's third and two in that late situation, and you don't you know you could that should be four downs. You you have been saying it. The the Saints have an advantage cuz they're playing with four downs. You're telling me Aaron Jones wasn't going to pick up 2 yards if they run the ball in one of those run two it. plays or run it on either of those two plays. But you do have to give the Seahawks Well, he's just now getting used to Mike McCarthy is just now getting used to playing Andrew Jones. He's not yet ready to Aaron give him yeah, yeah. yeah, Aaron Jones. He's not ready to give him the ball with the game on the line, I, I mean, guess. There was a lot going on in this game. There were some crazy calls by the officials. A huge missed pass interference call on Bobby Wagner. Just absolutely huge. There there was the missed challenge that maybe maybe McCarthy didn't get the a good look at it. Uh, and there were some rough throws by Russell Wilson, but there were also some beautiful throws when it really mattered in the fourth quarter, including on the play before the long throw to Lockett, which was also very nice, the one that, that didn't get overturned, he made a gorgeous throw on third and nine to Lockett in tight coverage, and that, that's with six and a half minutes left. It's a key part of the game. 
that's a beauty. Third and nine on the goal line. He knows just what to do when he sees the formation. That's for the game-winning touchdown. So you have to give Wilson and their defense a lot of credit after falling down 14-3, and it almost could have been 17-0 early for coming back in the final three quarters and really being the better team. Down there was there. the David Moore play that got challenged, and even though it appeared that the ball was jostling between his chest and arm the entire time, they they did not they, – they still called it a completion. And, and that one, I guess, could have gone either way. It looked incomplete to me. But um, Seattle got the breaks in this game. And But that's – this is why – you know, this is why I love the NFL. And this is why uh, this is the best time of year. Because these two teams, they're, they're not winning the Super Bowl this year. You know? But they gave us an entertaining but game. But they gave us a lot. There were so many different plays throughout the game. Good, bad, everything that you could have gotten into. And, you know, I know you say they're the Packers are done. And, yeah, of course, they're probably done. They also play the Vikings next week. So if they beat the Vikings, are you telling me they're done? I don't know. That's a conversation probably for next with, week. With their game Mark management and situational football, I think they're done. I'm this, just saying that's one not... game away. If you beat the Packers next, the Vikings next week, are you done? I, I don't think their problems can be solved. They seem to be philosophical and deeply ingrained. Well, maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers and Packers fans are taking one for the team this year, and it will be a better day when Mike McCarthy gets replaced in the off season. But uh, until then, we got to look ahead. We got to look to Week Eleven, and for that, let's send it over to Danny Boy. The Around the NFL podcast. Dan, Greg, Wes, Mark, and Tweels. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. hey Right off the top, a little bit of breaking news. A little bit of breaking news. The NFL media holiday party for the first time ever in all the years we've worked at the company. It's going to be a plus one. You could bring a date. How about that? That's going to be a fun day. Long are, overdue. Are you all bringing dates? I'm bringing my wife. Absolutely. Of course. Are you? Okay. Why wouldn't you? I, I don't know if Emika's going to want to go or not. Uh, Maybe. We could walk there, so I would think she would be down for it. Why not? But you never know. Wes, you and Lakeisha could actually bring another couple. Oh, sh- Censored. You can. If that's what we decided to get into. <laughs> wow, you have a plus two. Ricky Hollywood, how about you? You bring that in somebody felt, special? That felt personal. <laughs> no, not as a plus one. Are you going to bring somebody special? Yeah, that yeah, felt personal. Yeah, that's what felt personal. Because you're... Oh, you're driving the knife. Oh, here. okay. Yeah. Because she's alone. There's a bit of a <laughs> yeah, a little, little backstory. I didn't mean to do that. You can bring a friend, by the way. Yeah, for you sure. You do have friends. A lot of good-looking friends too. But you've been hurt, is what you're hitting at. Yeah, it's gonna be a lonely holiday season. <laughs> I did. I um, I've been in that boat before. If you break up, uh, right before Christmas, it is. I wouldn't wor- I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, Erica. Thanks, Dan. I know guys who broke up with their girlfriends back in the day just to get out of buying a gift. That was a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Multiple guys twenty year old did that. <laughs> Ricky Ricky, this is the better way to look at it because I don't want you to be sad or lonely this holiday season. Maybe with this time that we have the parties in about a month, cultivate something and then all of a sudden 
by the time that party hits, you're already kind of in the early stages of a beautiful new relationship. Yeah, that's that's the plan. I got a you know got a G suite set up already with <laughs> perspective. Uh, nothing dates. nothing would be better you know for very early stages of any relationship than to introduce that person to all of us. And exactly. everyone at work, nothing could be more. Well, the one, I mean, this whole party, this whole situation, I think it's a smart move by the league because I know it probably costs more and all that business. But Oh, it definitely costs it, a lot. But it's going to put a massive lid on what would be a, <laughs> yes. what, one of the drunkest nights of the year for many, many people. Now you, you can't operate in that fashion for the most part. We've, Not everyone, but I'd say that a large portion of people are going to be like, oh, it's time to go, guys. We've been going to these, Mark, for eight years. Wait, why? Don't you think if you have people there, like, I'm – if, if you're I with have... your significant other in a in a Mark saying he can get more loose if he's you know I, I, solo. I just think that when it's just because it's there's a little bit of an edge to these parties when it's just the employees and you and there was also anger that you're never allowed to bring a guest and you'd go there and people would there'd be nothing to do that you've already talked to these people all day long then to get simply hammered beyond comprehension now there's a whole extra layer of, of yeah somehow I think, is, I think we'll be able, I think you'll be able to overcome this obstacle <laughs> still get hammered beyond comprehension we've Mark we can do it we've had to put I won't say who the person is but they've been on this podcast before Dave Ely. Uh, we've had to put somebody in a cab because they got a little out of control yeah we once left a man on the side of the road slumped at a bus stop because it was just time to go <laughs> yep Notice we were the responsible ones in both yes. situations. Kind of. What, leaving people on a bus stop? Maybe not so much in that one, but in the first one we helped. The presence of Emily and Simone will keep the Sizzler and the old Zeuser in check a little bit. I, I just I think that's not a bad thing, but I do see no, that as a reality. Uh, you heard right at the top of the show, uh, Wes and Greg, the scientists, break down Packers Seahawks, but that's not all we're going to talk about today. We have the rest of Week 11 uh, to dig into as we preview the last slate of games before Thanksgiving. And uh, everybody knows. Everybody knows, dog. The season doesn't start until after Thanksgiving, which on some <laughs> levels is complete malarkey, but also it does get real after Thanksgiving. But this is a big week, Greg, because these are the weeks, the teams that are kind of hovering or maybe a game under at 500, they put themselves in a really bad position if, if they lose at this stage of the season and start to fall further behind that 500. Pack. I buy the Thanksgiving bit. Dog. Hey. Well, yeah, it. but you can't come in. You can't be like, hey, it's post-Thanksgiving and we're two and nine. Right, but their yeah. season never exists. Yeah, it never happened. They were never in the mix. You're right. Strike but after Thanksgiving, you can start. That's when you can start crossing some of these teams off and when the games feel. Oh, Mark's six. crossing them off way before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, that feels late to me. But. Four and six, you know, five and seven. Like, you, you, there's no coming back from these type of things. So you got to get dubs. And we're going to go through all these teams, including some teams that are in that danger zone. You know, maybe there's some loser goes home matches. We're, we're going to go through it all. That's what we do. Let us start uh, with the early games, as we always do. We like to go in order here. Because that gives us structure. Structure is important. We got to make sure to leave a lot of time uh, for because these ending games, the two primetime games this week, I um, think are the best. There's two. a couple they're that we can uh, spend a little they're less time on. They're the best too. So I was just talking about it. Here we are: the four and five Dallas Cowboys and the four and five Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Mark and the Cowboys are coming off uh, perhaps their biggest win of the season. They won't go on the road on Sunday Night Football when you think they're dead after they lose two straight games. Uh, and they beat the Eagles, and they beat them convincingly. Um, 
but here are the Falcons, who we all like offensively. Uh, but that, that loss last week to Cleveland really knocked a lot of wind out of their sails. I thought that was an absolutely killer defeat for Atlanta. And now, right, you have no wiggle room, and it's the quintessential four, four and five first four and five team. The loser of this is in hot water. One thing about Atlanta last week, because they have been so consistently good on offense, and they got their yardage, but they didn't get their points. And Cleveland did a nice job in that game of shutting down big plays with their zone defense. And now you go and face a Cowboys number three overall scoring defense that I view as completely legitimate, and they're well-coached. And Matt Ryan, and I know some of these are historical and we don't care about this, the, the historical business, but he is 1-11 versus top three scoring defenses. It's at home. That helps a lot. They're not, they're not the same team on the road, the Falcons. That's, that's another historical element. But which of these two teams do you trust more? Because I, right now, I, it's hard. I agree with you. I cannot go Atlanta right now. Well, and who do you trust? Of these two. I mean, I trust the Falcons because a week ago at this time, we were all burying the Cowboys, pouring gasoline on them, saying they were an absolute mess. And for the most part, the Falcons' offense is, is what – They've been the same the whole season. It wasn't the best game in Cleveland, but I, I don't think it was embarrassing. And I think they're they're a better team and certainly a better offense than the Cowboys, who who we saw it for one week, but now they're going up against the Falcons defense who's going to have Deion Jones back. That's a pretty big deal. Everyone said, okay, the Falcons defense, it's the injuries, that's why. Well, Ricardo Allen's been replaced by Devontae KZ, and who's played as well as Ricardo Allen, who's going to play. He's played great. Deion Jones is now back, who's kind of the key in that mix. So right now you're really down Keanu Neal. They haven't been a good defense, but they should be better, especially at home. I want to see if the Cowboys' offense is different now. I mean, you said two weeks ago we didn't trust him. Well, Amari Cooper came in and opened up this offense. He opened up room for Ezekiel Elliott. He's getting open almost every route on the outside, and this is a different offense now. So I do trust the Cowboys more. The Falcons want to play shootouts in that dome. Cowboys want to slow the game down. It'll be an interesting contrast in style. It, it is because it's in an offense-defense matchup we've talked about a lot this year. I mean, this is the ultimate, like, good offense versus good defense team because this, cause the Cowboys do have a good defense. I don't know how far that gets you. This kind of screams to me two things. I, like we're talking about, we love the Falcons at home at least, and Matt Ryan is having as good a season as he's had, including the MVP campaign. Uh, however, Zeke Elliott, was excellent on Sunday night, and now he's going into a dome and he's going to face a team that can't stop the run. I would not be surprised if we get a, a Zeke Elliott that even surpasses what he did against the Eagles, maybe 175 yards in total offense in that range. And if the Cowboys can get that type of performance, they could be pretty much anybody. Uh, and that's kind of what I, where I see this game heading. I think Elliott's going to have another monster game and the Cowboys win. I think to Wes's point, they with, since they acquired – Cooper. They've gone from 29th to 15th in passing yardage, and they're able to now use, and they've done this a lot more the last two weeks, three wide receiver sets to help disguise other stuff they're doing. You're a more functional offense than you were. He looks, and he's looked good. He's looked fine, and, and that's the key part. And this is a great matchup. The quarterback miss is, is such a mismatch. I did want to mention in this game, just because it's a, the Cowboys, that Jane Slater had a report on Travis Frederick this week, uh, You know, the center that's been on injured reserve that he's just now getting feeling back in his fingers, and he still has no feeling uh, in his feet, which is wow. incredible to wow. me that this is not a bigger story. Or I guess it's just something you're not going to know about. It's a strange syndrome, but it's it's pretty sad. One of the best players in the league, and for months he has not had feelings in his fingers or his feet. 
let us uh, move on, gentlemen. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who really, um, let's face it, got humiliated in their own building by the Saints, who drop a 50-burger on them. Uh, but they're still 5-4. and four. For all the, you know, we dismissed the, the Bengals, but that was a 5-3 and three team. So they're still okay at 5-4. and four, But now they got to go get a win, and they're going to be facing a desperate uh, free-falling Ravens team. Uh, Wes, uh, and we don't even know, as of the time of recording this podcast, who's going to be the quarterback for for the Ravens. Is that going to decide who wins this game to you? No, I think, to me, this is a test for the Ravens. If their offense can't get right at home against this crumbling defense, I'll stop saying they're better than their record, but to me it's clear that the November Ravens, even off a three-game losing streak, are a much better team than the current iteration of the Bengals. Well, I don't think we'll see Joe. It would be surprising at this point if Joe Flacco played. So Lamar Jackson missed practice on Thursday with a stomach issue. There was some thought by Ian Rappaport, our insider, that some sort of games are being played here. John Harbaugh's enjoying the fact that no one seems to know who the starter is. My gut feeling is we'll see plenty of Lamar Jackson and RG3 in, in this game. And I think the Ravens are a better team that their defense is the best group on the field, and they, they can win no matter who's at quarterback. And I feel like you could put Raggedy Ann under center. She put up 40 points on this Bengals defense right now. They were absolutely Raggedy. devastated in the course of like 15 minutes last week against the against the Saints. And it's not like Flacco was a guy that was you know tearing up the world in the last four or five weeks anyway. So it's not the worst thing to see what happens if you put a different quarterback under center. It just matter are those guys, whoever it will be, um, are they prepared for the moment? Because this is you're, you're thrusting them into the middle of a playoff race when they haven't had really much work at all. Well, Mark's statement about Raggedy Ann inspired me to lock up the Ravens in this game. I don't care who's under center. The Bengals, you're just not a well, – but, but so we've seen the Bengals for a long time. We have not seen the Bengals with Hugh Jackson in a long time. So maybe that changes your mind? No. He's working with the defense, too. That doesn't help. <laughs> he's working with the defense. Yeah. Oh, okay. Primarily, he's helping that, Marvin Lewis the, on the, the problem, take the over, Bengals, take over the, the biggest, Bengals' biggest problem to me, or at least the, the most that they've changed, is their offense. I mean, they were a really good offense early in the year, and now they've gone sub-mediocre. They looked pretty poor last week overall, even though Joe Mixon is back and looking Joe good. Joe Mixon looks great. It, their it, offensive line is, is not playing well, and they miss Tyler Eifert. What's, AJ, miss AJ, what's Green. AJ Green's status? He's gone. Unlikely. Not happening. Not practicing. That's going to be tough. They're in trouble. They're in a lot of trouble, Wes. I think you're in good in good shape there uh, with your lock of the week. Let's move on. The Carolina Panthers, 6-3, and three, got humbled, ate some humble pie. A little Thanksgiving humble pie. Good ref. Early Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, they got a 50 burger, burger dropped on them. Uh, but here's a here's a good way to get healthy. Uh, play the Lions, who who have uh, stopped showing up the last three weeks of the season, Greg. So here's a battle between two former number one overall picks. And we asked on Wednesday's show in the mailbag section, is Matt Stafford good? All right, well, Matt Stafford, go win a game and keep your team in convention uh, contention this season. Go win a football game. It, it's a team sport, though. You know, like, go win a game. It's a quarterback it, position. We say it all. What's the Vince Lombardi quote? Wes, go win a game. <laughs> if you're a superstar, if you're one of the highest paid players no one, in football, no one's ever said that. Go nuts. <laughs> go nuts. Vince Lombardi quote. I mean, he. I didn't think. Wes, what is the quote that I'm referring to? It's football is the ultimate team game. It's the best game in the world, except for one factor. 
the glaring imbalance. The quarterback is way too important. There you okay. Go. In this game, though, I don't think there's – You got served, Greg. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> not really. That was nothing like what you said. Uh in this game, I don't think the, the Panthers have some gigantic quarterback edge, though. It's just the, the two quarterbacks are are in the same ballpark of They'll each win other. win a football game. And one home. team is way better. I didn't think Stafford played that badly They'll last win. week. The offensive line was terrible. This team is so different without Marvin Jones on the field. They have they had like a 180-pound guy I never heard of who couldn't get open against uh, man coverage last week. And I think the Panthers game uh, was a little bit of a fluke. And I already you know made my my lock of the week. Um, but this Lions team, it's one of the, as you say, it's one of the worst teams in the league. We've, we've kind of been thinking they're in the mix because they were three and three football outsiders. They're below the Browns. They're 29th in the league. And they were close to that even before this three game stretch. And so even though I can't lock it up, I know the Panthers are favored in this game. And, and I think this is not gambling advice. No, no, no. It but never be. even though the Panthers are favored, uh, this is going to be something I'm calling my, uh, rainmaker of the week. Right there. <laughs> what does what that is mean? This now? It's gonna just be rated down money if you believe in the Panthers. <laughs> so you're saying, they're saying, I'm saying it doesn't the matter. desert people can jack up that spread. Doesn't matter. It better it's because not, it's I'm gonna sho- be. Uh, I'm shocked that it's not uh, significantly more because because I and I think it's because the Panthers were just on national television got wiped out. But that was a fluky game. I Marvin can't, Jones I can't look in the mirror on this. Marvin one. Jones is a knee injury, not practicing this week. Darius Slay coming back from a knee injury. They missed him terribly last week. And I know that Stafford isn't getting much help, but he's also walking into some sacks now too, holding the ball too long and just walking right into the sack. Whatever Jim Bob Cooter was doing that was getting people excited. JBC? No longer. Cooter's not really. But don't you think – Cooter's out. Don't you think maybe – Dying up. He was I, – I, I feel like – the other, the new coach probably coerced him into running something a little bit different this year. Yeah, too. maybe. I, I don't know, but it's it's not working. This has all the makings, and again, I would lock this up, but I don't think I could look in the mirror of a very good Panthers team that got embarrassed on national television and is now going to take it out on an inferior team I, next week. It doesn't matter where they're being playing. I think this is a a two to three score. Uh, a I'm difference with in this game. It's a total that's bounce why, back that's why it's scenario. It's a rainmaker. The rainmaker, bring the rain. The Lions are, are a totally forkable bit of nonsense at this point. But the only thing is, I don't just look at the Panthers and give them a total mulligan against for that Steelers game. They could not get to Big Ben. He was perfection. He like the, the entire. That's the best the Steelers have looked in a long time. And this Panthers defense, which you know, if you don't watch them much, you just assume it's the same Bad. Panthers defense. Not at all. Remember, they gave a lot of grief when they weren't in the top ten defensive lines back in the summer. I remember Panthers fans, players, coaches that got at me after that. Where are you at now? You're twenty fourth in efficiency. Football Ouch. outsiders. That's where they're at. Ouch. Let's move on. The Tennessee Titans riding a two game winning streak, and they just spanked the defending conference champion uh, Patriots. Uh, and now here's another challenge. they got to go to Indianapolis to face a Colts team that is playing extremely well, uh, Mark Sessler, with a quarterback who's, you know, a lot of – Wes, you, you had him high on your list, number one, I believe, uh, comeback player of the year ranking. Yes. Uh, what about MVP? I mean, is he playing at this level? This – now, we talk about – you guys always ask me, Titans, Titans. Should I be calling them Titans? I like this. You you run a three-game winning streak together and you take down Andrew Luck, who's playing at the height of his powers right now. I'll give you some respect on Sunday night. Go do it. You're, you need that to happen. That that would that, that would formally flip the switch here? Yes. Okay. That makes this game more interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it happen. This is the West game of the week. This is. 
This is a different kind of West of us, this game. Well, the t- you got the team of West DL, the Colts, and, you know, the Titans, who I've been, you know, been on most of the time for the past three or four years. If you are, let me, unlike Todd Bowles in New York, and there's others too, these defensive minded coaches who are, their defense aren't, aren't, aren't even very good. Mike Rabel has the number one scoring defense, and the last 47 of 48 teams to finish with the number one scoring defense made the playoffs. So if they hang around with that, they'd either be the second team to not do that, which would be a high embarrassment, or they would, he they would have a that. nice they'll first win, season. They'll win enough games. The only other team that did that, they've never left their homes after. It's just too much shit. 77 Falcons? <laughs> yeah. They're just, no, they've been in their house for 40-something yeah, years. Hermits. It is Falcons. a great test because their coaching staff really did – do the job against the Patriots. The, they scrambled Brady's brains and more than I think they really did anything physically. And that's the interesting thing about the Titans. They don't have a lot of guys having standout years. I think the secondary's playing well. Dory Jackson, Kevin Byer, and everything. Kenny Vaccaro's having Kenny a Kenny Vaccaro. The, the secondary is very solid other than Malcolm Butler's struggles. But can they get the Colts' offense out of rhythm? Because if there was like a, a metric for rhythm, like tempo – that the Colts to me are the number one team in the league in terms of he get luck gets to the back of his drop and he throws the ball. He I think they lead the league in that. They have such tempo. Guys are open. So it's it's not the offensive line I don't think that's changed as much as he's get the balls out so quickly to wide open guys. And they do have the the fastest pace in the league. There is a stat for that. So they are playing fast and defenses don't know what to do. This is what we've waited for for like the first time first time in earth history Andrew Luck is protected well. <laughs> and that's earth been history. that's been the issue all along. I think that kind of snuck up on everybody a little bit. The Colts now being held as having a the best offensive line uh, potentially in football. I don't feel like people were talking about that in August or the summer that that no, had been solved. No. And so it show it goes to show you how quickly those coaching can come together and how quickly, like in Dallas, it can fall apart. Uh, but it's so vital to the game. Remember the, that series I had to write where I had to pitch uh, why every team in the league would make the playoffs? Yeah. And I wrote the Colts one and talked about some of the offensive line rebuilding and just got lashed on Twitter. I'm going to find those tweets. I'm going to start <laughs> responding to those people angrily the minute this show wraps. Is this your way of saying that you knew the Colts' offensive line was going to turn it around? I mean, I had to argue that every right. team would make the playoffs, so there's a lot I don't know. Also. So, Luck is helping them out, too, because he's a smarter – I think he came back from this injury almost like – and I wrote about this in the QB index this week. He, it's almost like he thought about what type of quarterback he wanted to be when he came back from being on the sidelines for two years. And he's changed the type of quarterback he is. He does not hold the ball that long. He does not use his legs nearly as much. Uh, but when he does, he moves in the pocket like he's young Philip Rivers and or something. Tytoons fans know Better this than that. Stat. Better than that, yes. Tytoons fans know this stat, um, so I won't belabor it. But Andrew Luck is 9-0 and in his career against the Tennessee football club. So they're trying to break some history there. And um, let's move on. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 6-2-1. and one. Not many teams in football are playing as well as this uh, ball club right now that doesn't have Le'Veon Bell. They will not have Le'Veon Bell. But who cares? Because they're doing it all anyway, and now they travel to Jacksonville. And they're catching a Jacksonville team, West that I would say, oh, they're dangerous, and they've they got to save their season. But I don't think that's, that matters anymore. I think they've lost too many games. They're now 3-6. and six. They've lost 6-7. Six of seven. And it's at the point where Steelers get to beat up on maybe a dead team here. These two teams are going full speed in such drastic different directions that nobody even is talking about the fact that the Jaguars owned the Steelers last year. Their coaches had the Steelers coaching staff's number, 
in those matchups, and it doesn't even matter because the Jags are not nearly as physically tough this year as they were last year. Fournette came back and was the offensive focal point last week, averaged 2.2 yards per carry behind an offensive line with a third-string tackle, and now their starting center is out for the season. And they have so many coverage busts on defense. I just don't think this is nearly the same Jaguars team that – gave the Steelers all they can handle and more last year. It was telling to me that Fournette was not in the game when they were trying to win it. It was TJ Yeldon and even Carlos Hyde a little bit. And I know they're playing in hurry up at the end of the game, but Yeldon was the one making some plays on that drive that had them set up with pretty good position to either beat the Colts or at very least send it to overtime, if not for a nice play by Kenny Moore. But you mentioned the miscommunication. They really missed AJ Boye. I don't know if that's, He's mi- practicing this mi- week. He is practicing. I don't know if that's the missing piece, but they've had so many busts. Jalen Ramsey isn't playing nearly as well. It just feels like maybe because he's such a uh, a talented, uh, outstanding player that just the it's just been such a, a lost season, it seems, in Jacksonville. The frustration probably weighing down the guys. This is how bad they've been in these last five games, all losses. They're giving up almost 29 points a game. This was a, a historically historically great defense last year. Almost 29 points a game. They're only scoring 14. So they're getting beat and beat soundly on a near w- weekly basis. You don't see like the identity of a team wither up and vanish this quickly. It happens so rapidly. There just seems like there's a lot of infighting. It's a young team, and when things go wrong, sometimes this is what you get. And on the opposite side, not to go back to that Steelers-Panthers game, but the Steelers scored on seven of their first first eight possessions. They looked awesome doing it. It's not just the star players. Guys like Vance McDonald are making plays. They're getting good tight end work. Like they can protecting Big Ben so well. I just, I don't know. They're peaking at the right time and the Jaguars are absolutely spiraling into darkness. And speaking of uh, Big Ben, uh, Mark and I handled the recap last week. Yeah, we did. So the scientists have the opportunity. I'd like to hear some sea poems about Ben Roethlisberger because the guy Mm. was absolutely brilliant last week, and he's he's playing. He's not going to win MVP. He never seems to be in that conversation, Uh, but he's playing outstandingly well right now. Well, do you do you picture the Steelers' offense as unstoppable? Close to it. At least last week they were. I feel like we picture the Saints, Chiefs, and Rams as unstoppable. And those are the only three offenses in the league averaging more points per game than the Steelers. I think that we can – it's easy to clump this – like the Steelers have been doing this for a long time, so it's not new. It is right. new from the Chiefs. It is relatively new from the Rams. And they, they had a, they had a first impressions mean so much, and they had a bad first quarter of the season. Yeah. I think if, if I was doing those power rankings, to me, they are right there with the Saints as the best team in the league right now. I mean, I they, think- they would be number two to me because – Kind of the reason why I, I stuck with the Eagles for much of last year. They were the answer if you ask, like, who who has the best co- combination of offensive line, defensive line? Who just has the best line play in the NFL? And I think the Steelers are the answer to that this year in terms of both sides of the ball. They're just kind of manhandling teams week after week. I think the Saints are in that discussion, too. Yeah. But the Steelers, uh, the one disagreement I've had with PFF this year the most has been on Ben Roethlisberger's grade. I think he's been playing well for most of the season, and they have him as a Low average quarterback. Is he getting killed because of like you know in the opener he had five turnovers. He had a couple games where he's turning the ball over, but then that is Big Ben sometimes. He's I just think part he's and moving really well. He he's slimmer than he's been. I think he's more athletic than he was last year, and I think he's playing well. The, maybe he's up to ten in QB index, so I know you trust that. I do trust the QB index. Yeah. Good, good article this week. One of your best of the season. 
there you go. That's when the scientists are working together, when they're yeah. starting to pitch each other's wor Concert. written work on the <laughs> site. You know, it's just very beautiful. Uh, well, after he came up with this Rainmaker segment, he's just blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, pause here to uh, listen to some uh, fine words from our sponsors. Uh, finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it the collar or, of course, Mark, the sleeves. Oh, for sure. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, 500 fabric styles, from classic to business to casual. Even customize your shirt and get the style that you want. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers and only buys fabrics that meet their high-quality expectations. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. I mean, just, just stop it. Oh, what have you been doing this whole time? If yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. doing that you to fool? stop? Are you an adult? Yeah, you buffoon. Start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash around today. Enter gift code around to save $20 on your first shirt. All right, guys. You know that the holidays are approaching. You might be thinking, you know, you need to save a little extra money. What better way to do that than to consolidate your high-interest credit card balance? That's exactly what rate. I was thinking. Done that before. And save with Lightstream. I mean, this is the type Honey, of stuff I have something for you. We talk about this all the time, credit card consolidation, because yep. that we're we're adults. Uh, <laughs> this company, Lightstream, six point one four percent APR with auto pay. Compare that to the national average; it's much better. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate. The application, one hundred percent online. I, I could take a loan out, maybe. Uh, yeah, you could. Greg, what is the top email unread in my Gmail inbox? Lightstream. From Lightstream. I'll read it right now, it. Mark. What are you waiting I for? I mean, we got a little credit card debt going on in our household. Yeah, it's so easy very to helpful. use their website, and then you consolidate that. You can buy a little, a few extra presents. Maybe one of those uh, cars with a bow on it they have. In yeah, that's a realistic that, gift. That seems a little much of a story. Or in, in Greg's culture. Hanukkah, come join yeah. the celebration. It's a little Hanukkah, the festival of lights. It's what I like to do when I when I get all the credit card debt under one ceiling and you're in the clear for a little bit is just start spending money on myself irresponsibly <laughs> all over again. Mm -hmm. I like that we're now adding time to the <laughs> to the ad read. I mean, it, it did feel a little maybe too on point that you gave me the credit card like money one, but okay. The only <laughs> way to get Dr. Rosenthal. The only way to get this discount <laughs> is you go to light screen lightstream com slash football l i g h t s t r e a m dot com slash football subject to credit approval rate includes 0.5 percent auto pay discount. That's still the address. It's still going. No, visit lightstream.com slash football for more info. Uh, let's move on. Here's a stinker uh, this week: the three and six Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, last place in the NFC South. They head to the Meadowlands. Two and seven. They're in last place in the NFC East, but they're coming off a nice little comeback win. Uh, so here's a lollipop. Uh, lick it up. Lick it up. Uh, <laughs> Gross. Uh, Greg. Uh, that got weird. It's a battle of QBs on the hot seat. I, I guess Ryan Fitzpatrick's on the hot seat. I don't even know at this I point. Don't it's even like agree. no one in Tampa even cares <laughs> I don't cares hear what anymore. I just said. He's Eli fine. Manning isn't really either because no one behind him. It's they, it, have it, that, they have that felon. It is a moment, driving though. Driving all over New Jersey. Road, road, I don't road think it was a felony, area. was it? Right, it I is a moment, that. though. Jason Light, who seems like felonious activity. a perfectly nice guy. You saw him on Hard Knocks. He's worked hard to get to where he is. He has to be wondering in his office – 
alone during these weeks. Mm. How did I get here with a three and seven team starring starting Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback? Not the guy I took number one overall, which isn't good at really on either side of the ball at this point, and I'm just waiting for this season to end. I mean, it's the worst of all possible Counterpoint. scenarios. Counterpoint. Yes. He knows. Well, he's saying, I can't believe this is how it turned out. It's this. But there were people that were saying when he made that draft pick, maybe you shouldn't take this guy because he might bang you in the end, and that is looking like what's going to happen here. Sure, and I also think Dirk Cutter, and we, we've, we've heard him here, you know, made the situation worse. Now, if Ryan Fitzpatrick had just kind of played out and returned back to his level, which I think we can agree he has over the last two weeks, then you would have switched to Jameis and you would have just watched him play and whatever. At least you're seeing Jameis Winston play. Now you're stuck in this weird in-between. It's like, why, why are they even playing anymore? My game notes from last week, almost every sentence starts with fits back in red zone, fits back in red zone, oh, fits yeah, back in red zone. Why isn't Alex Smith in the red zone? Why isn't Alex Smith in the red zone? Why isn't Alex Smith? I mean, the, the, this was one of the luckiest wins for the Redskins and one of the unluckiest for the Bucks. That said, I totally agree. It's a wasted season in Tampa, and you have to wonder what's going on there. It's directionless. They had 500 yards of offense, but they had two picks, two lost fumbles, missed field goals. I mean, it was – you're not going to get that every week no matter what happens. They t- although, here's although the they, thing. They James Winston in four turnover games where they fall behind. No, I mean, it, right, but it's not matter. Ryan. just Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's also Jameis Winston right. oh, who was both. doing I'm that. I'm not too. saying it would be any better. I just Bad like, football what amplified by bad luck. If they, don't, if they know they're ready to move on from Jameis Winston, which we don't know whether that's the case, then keep him on the bench. But if you're kind of on the fence as an organization, put him back in at a certain point. That's my viewpoint at this one. It I mean, may not be this I understood coach why or GM's decision. I got the reason why he was benched because Fitzpatrick probably never should have been taken out. But if they're going to keep losing and Fitzpatrick's going to throw for 400 yards but the team's losing, uh, if you want to just see where's Winston at, what do, they probably want to see where he's going to be at as you head into the offseason at a certain point. Fitzpatrick obviously isn't the answer. They probably will at some point. Let's give a lollipop, by the way, for handing him out to Odell Beckham. We never really talk about Odell Beckham anymore. Right. Having, well, he gets talked about plenty. Having yeah. a great season. Not on the show this year. Not though. on the That's show. Good point. He's playing like Od- Odell Beckham. That's what plays. I'm saying. But it's yeah. good to just say, okay, he is incredible. Good. He's back from that injury and he's playing great. He's incredible, and he Saquon Barkley on pace for 2,000 yards, which is great for a guy playing behind a terrible O line and doesn't always hit the right hole. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The Giants, I mean, to me, the, they are the most talented skill position <laughs> to win team I I've see ever what seen. You did there. The most talented skill position to win team you've ever seen. They are so much more talented than the record. Uh, let's move on. The uh, Houston Texans. Oh, I love this Texans team. The Jets are dead to me. You really wanted to move on from that game? There was a lot more to unpack <laughs> between those two. Yeah, you know, this is a great week. You got the Jets on by. You got the Bills on by. You got the Dolphins on by. You put the AFC East on by. Patriots are, on by. are pretty good. <laughs> I mean, especially this Permanent year. Permanent hiatus. And you get the 49ers out of the mix. That's nice. Uh, this is a nice, peaceful uh, football Sunday coming up for the old Zeuser. And the team that he has gravitated toward, he being me, is the Houston <laughs> what Texans. What is happening here? in this room? <laughs> Who have won six in a row. And I'm uh, forget about it. I'm not even going to uh, try to build this up. I'm going to start riding the Texans. I'm locking them up. They're going to FedEx Field to face the first-place Redskins team. 
But I don't I don't believe in the skins. I don't even if they were healthy, I don't really necessarily believe in the skins. Certainly think they're vulnerable and could be beaten in their own building, uh, a building where nobody seems to even cheer for them. That's a, that's a subplot that's doesn't, going on right doesn't now. Concerning doesn't show up for them. Uh, so uh, I'll throw it to you to get us started here, Mark. But I just want to throw it out there that the Texans, as long as they keep winning, I'm going to keep riding them. I think the thing that I'd say is encouraging for the Redskins because a week ago we were talking about how massively injured and banged up they were on the offensive line that it didn't turn into a, a total disaster in that game. I think Alex Smith was sacked twice and they were able to run the ball and so you kept some, you know, you kept it together to some degree on offense. But now, like obviously, the situation is JJ Watt, Jadevian Clowney and Really, that to me is the matchup. They've got to find a way to keep a lid on what Houston can do on defense against them. I don't see this as a runaway scenario for the for the Texans at all, though. Dan. Nor do I. This, I this, this is a you can look yourself in the mirror on this lock. Yeah, I, I just I like the Texans. They've shown that they can win close games. They've blown out some teams. They're just in a good spot right now, coming off a bye, so they're going to be. Fresh. What I love about the about the opportunity that Washington has is you've got Dallas on the road in Atlanta. You have Philly, which is very close to death if they cannot beat the Saints. You have a chance to go up by three games in the NFC East if those two teams don't pull it off. Can you picture the Redskins at 7-3? and three? That's the other reason. I just don't see it. I hear you, but I mean. Well, this would be the best team Houston has beaten all year. Mm. Their two most impressive wins are the Colts and Cowboys. They, and they won. didn't even play well in the Cowboys game. They, yeah, they've won, they've won a lot of close games. They're they have great players, so that's kind of covered up. Including that the offense isn't that great. Kareem Jackson, who is killing it at cornerback this year and had one of the hardest hitting cornerback games I've seen in years against the Broncos. Honey I Badgers you were say Lamar Miller. I got excited. No, 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 no. Honey Badgers <laughs> playing playing well. <laughs> DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is playing so well that in that Broncos game, I mean, when they're at third and one, they're not thinking about Lamar Miller. They're thinking the percentage play is going to DeAndre Hopkins on Chris Harris who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And you know what? They're right. He, he wins that matchup. Like, he's doing whatever they need him to do, which has now kind of moved move the chains. I have two predictions for you real quick. Let's hear it. Number one, this will be the game where the lead change, this stat that's starting to become tedious, is, is over. <laughs> oh, how dare you. No, well, this is the one, if they get through this game without a lead change, it sets the all-time record. Come on, this is historic. It's, it's not happening. And number want- two, the, the injury that is going to haunt Washington in this game is Dustin Hopkins, the kicker, still dealing with a groin injury. They're bringing in jabronis off the street as potential emo- emergency scenario. Wow. That, that, it, these, these Redskins are in these tight games all the time. Please. Here's something that says it all about this Redskins offense with Alex Smith, who um, I had high hopes on the Skins offense. I thought they wouldn't skip a beat with him because I got sucked in by Smith's performance for most of the last year in Kansas City. But here you go. From Next Gen Stats, Alex Smith on 25-plus yard air yard passes. Last year, he had 21 completions, over 51% uh, completion percentage, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, no picks, 136 passer rating. This year with the Redskins, and of course, the weapons are different. It's a different team and all that. But this is striking. Four completions, 22% completion percentage, 171 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and his pass rating 62. That element of Alex Smith that was made him so exciting for a period last year is gone, and it, it makes them a very boring offense. It's not coming back. He has to load up before he throw before he throws anything outside the, the numbers. They've, they've been injured, but they their personnel is is not great. The, the two quarterbacks here, I 
remember Deshaun Watson got some comparisons to Alex Smith in the build up to the draft. And I can still kind of see that. I feel like Deshaun Watson is a rich man's younger Alex Smith. I feel he's like a very he's careful a, quarterback. Mm. He's very good kind of bailing out after his first reads taken away and then making a play anyways, which is Alex Smith made a career. Wasn't the whole thing on him that he had all these would be interceptions last year? This year I would say he's played very safely. Not not a lot of not a lot of dazzle to his game this year, but he's he's made good decisions. Uh quickly, let's take a check in with the Oakland Raiders uh <laughs> riding a five-game losing streak. They're 1 and 8. They travel to the farm to face the Cardinals, 2 and 7. So this is a real stinker. 3 and 15 combined record. Wes, uh while we're here, let me just ask you your thoughts so far on Josh Rosen. I don't really have any. Hmm. I mean, he's he's been blah. The, the Cardinals' offense is terrible. Their offensive line is one of the worst in the league. They don't have a running game. It, it's almost impossible to even grade Josh Rosen this year. Incomplete, you say? Yes, I would say incomplete. That's Greg? very good. He's made enough throw impressive throws that, that just kind of keeps you going, that you're excited to see some really nice throws with accuracy and timing that are not easy throws. So yeah. he's he's mixed in a few of those per week, and other than that, I would agree with him. I would say that he is like Trubisky last year and Goff the year before. You can't evaluate him because you need a new coach or someone to come in and rewire the whole thing, get an offensive line, get a running game, get receivers. He has no, he has no support system. Well, this would be a good week for him to make some noise. It's also a good week for Chandler Jones to challenge the single-game sack record against Colton Miller, who can't block anyone, and Chandler Jones destroyed Eric Fisher last week. Chandler Jones is would be a first – maybe he is a first-team All-Pro. Anyways, he's playing at that – There's uh, a lot of guys who are up there. One of the only people that's really gotten into – the nest of Patrick Mahomes, like all season long. Oh, he was, yeah, the first quarter he was in Mahomes' grill the whole time. Tell me more about this nest. I don't know. I, I, the minute I said that, I thought, what am I talking about? Got a lot of catch. You know what? We t- we are t- the, we, the, t- the amount of talking over the course of a week in this regular season, I am so tired of hearing myself say anything at all. <laughs> The Denver Broncos are three and six. I thought the nest was a nice touch, Mark. Yeah, I didn't have like a problem it with it. it. No, I, but I, I do because I had no idea what it means. It doesn't mean anything. Like if you would have said Rosen in the nest because then you have the Cardinals and you could fly with that a little bit. I try to stay away from like the overt bird ana- or like animal analogy or jets flying into Miami. How about there's a lot of like – and okay, this week the Raiders head to the desert. It's always no. The, the desert, desert annoys me. That is very stupid. Why do you hate the desert? Well, it's just like the Cardinals always. You just hear it. You get tired of riding Arizona over. Well, and over it acts and over like again. there's no civilization there. There are houses. Have you ever lived? I lived in Phoenix for a year. It was an awful place. <laughs> and it's not a desert. It's it is technically that's the land. That's the type of geographical land it is. But it's just houses and apartment buildings and strip malls. I'm going to start calling it the Roadrunner Haven. See, six seasons in, I've never heard you say that. And so you're still uncovering new ground. You just got to keep talking and you'll find it. No, I am, we <laughs> are almost done. Listeners uh, in the Phoenix, Arizona area, we apologize. <laughs> Three and six, the Denver Broncos, uh, another team in a free fall. Seems like a lot of teams are just losing on a weekly basis right now in the NFL. Uh, the Broncos are one of, if they have any chance, they're going to have to win out or come close to it. Uh, first test is a tough one. The L.A. Chargers, a team that's gone in the opposite direction here, Greg. They've won six straight, and you could 
put it in the book. Another rainmaker, Greg? No. Fact, no rainmaker. Well, if anything, sure. Why? It was supposed to just be one a week. <laughs> if anything, I'm gonna put it on the the uh, the old Broncos to keep this game close. <laughs> Wake up, Tim Posey. <laughs> so it's a rainmaker. Interesting to, for the I, for the Broncos. Just close, to close enough to do Charger, what you need. Also laying to too much wood. You're saying the Chargers are being viewed, and they are <laughs> as this juggernaut. <laughs> it's a problematic uh, thing, I think, coming back home. They haven't played in StubHub for a while. I feel like they're it's like be- 41 days. They're like or problematic now. I think so. I think they're better on the I, I they're better on the road because the Broncos are going to come. The Broncos fans are going to fill up that stadium. It's going to be depressing and it's going to be annoying. And then I think the Broncos, I wouldn't say they're misunderstood, but they've been a little unlucky. I don't think they're as bad as the record, and I definitely don't think Case no Keenum. No one understands me. I be Broncos. <laughs> I don't think Case Keenum's <laughs> played nearly as bad as kind of the the national view over the last month. He has looked exactly like you would have accepted, expected Case Keenum to be over last month. They're a fine team. Their defense is fine. They play the Chiefs tough a couple times. What about their coaches situation? Their coaches are bad, and that's how they lose these super close games. But there's not a lot separating a team like the the Texans and the Broncos. This is a test for the Chargers defense. That's way too kind. Remember last year? Number nine in football outsiders somehow. But you got to win football games. You know, I get it. But I'm just saying they're not a terrible three and six team. There's some terrible ones out there. Remember last year when the Chargers turned their season around and reeled off like seven straight wins from this point on? They're 13 and three over their last It was when Denzel Perryman came back and fixed their run defense. Mm. And he just got hurt out for the year. The Chargers are one of the best running teams in the NFL. That's a matchup to watch. Uh, I Grab said it. Chubb playing well. There's another guy. This guy is here. No, I know exactly what you're saying. I get it. Uh, but it's a uh, teams that never find a way to win. They're just yeah. bad teams. So I could see that happening. The old Parcells nice line. close loss for the Broncos. We should mention that Joey Bosa is practicing again. And there's talk that he might make his debut this week. You know what? They should be careful with him. I agree. You, got another, you have two more cupcakes here uh, before you get to the big one, week 13 at Pittsburgh. I'd wait. I'm not saying you hold them up till then. I mean, we, don't, we also have no idea what's happening. I, mean, we, I do. Greg's telling us you this do. is not a cupcake. <laughs> Please. The Broncos are not a cupcake. I don't think it's a cupcake. I don't think they're. I don't think they're like playing the Raiders. You know what's fun? I don't either. And the, the, but the Chargers' offense has been a little sporadic. I would say over the last three or four weeks. I think the the defense has played much better. They haven't played. Great competition. What if I one thing though? It like the idea that you're coming home to your home stadium and that's a disadvantage. We're, you're we're a couple years away from being put in a state of the art, much bigger stadium. And what are you going to have? Eighty percent visiting fans it's at that point. That's a total field, disaster. But home field advantage. That's true. But that's it's not all about the crowd in the stadium. It's about the, the being a creature or comfort creatures or whatever you call it, where you you get to sleep in your own bed, right. and you practice in your facility, you're not going on an airplane and staying at a hotel. They have all those other things that are a positive. It's just the actual it's, game experience. It's a problem. It's such a problem. Look at the ratings in Los Angeles. The Chargers do not rate like a local team would rate. It's pretty different between them and the Rams. And then even more telling to me is you look in San Diego, where the Chargers still outrate everything else. And it's not at the levels they were when they were in San Diego, but they have this huge fan base in San Diego still that's making them the number one game every week, even if it's some lousy Chargers. Send them back. It was a bad idea. Send them back. All right. Send them to London. Three more games. Don't you think San Diego deserves them? And we love our fans in London. I don't think so. Figure out the stadium situation because we saw a U2 concert at the old stadium. Oh, what a dump that Absolute mess. Come on. I was under the impression that bridge was broken, but I'd be in favor of sending them back to San Diego. But yes, right London the wrong. does deserve a team as well. That would be fun. All right, three more games. 
Good ones. Here we go. Philadelphia Eagles. They need a win. They need a win in the worst way. What a loss. And sometimes you look at their schedule and it's in a vacuum and you just say, oh, bad loss to the, the, the Cowboys at home. But then you don't realize the way they make these schedules, Greg, is that they here's a home game that you should win and we will not take pity on you because the next week we're going to send you to a potential slaughter. Well, now you've got to go to the freaking Superdome, Eagles. You want to go back to the playoffs? You want to go back to the Super Bowl? Uh, you got to find out a way to beat the Saints who are playing as well as anyone in football. That's what you think the schedule makers were thinking as they were drawing it up. That's how they do it. February. Look at these schedules. They get, sometimes will give teams, or it doesn't always work out this way. They'll say, we're going to give you – the Falcons are a perfect example. Falcons, we're going to give you uh, the Browns. Make sure you win this game because we won't feel pity on you the next week. The week we're going to make you have yeah. to uh, – a game that you could lose. That's how okay. seasons go awry when you don't win the games you're supposed to. Well, it's going to get tougher because with – I think Ronald Darby was losing Ronald Darby feels like the moment, you know, for the season, which we haven't really talked about here. Feels like the moment where you're starting to lose hope mm. that the defense can can survive because he was playing great and they're awfully thin in the secondary, especially trying to face the Saints this week. I would say the other person that they miss dearly is Frank Reich. There is yeah. something about this offense that reminds me more of the Eagles from two years ago than last year. Don't tell Doug Peterson that. He seems like he's getting a little – he doesn't like Touchy. This, He doesn't like this narrative. I mean, they. I think it's tough when you when you have attrition in the coaching staff over didn't and over. He call, didn't Peterson call the plays last year? I, he what, called the plays. Reich made the game plans. Okay. And I think I think that the Super Bowl – one of the huge themes from being at Super Bowl week was the praise heaped on Frank Reich from all directions over and over. And you see it with the Colts. I mean, we're seeing it week to week with the Colts now that they – you know, got their act together. I, I look at this Eagles team, and I just feel like that they're a couple days away from being deep six for good. This, you, they're not st- – I don't think you're going to walk in and beat the Saints This here. is a lopsided matchup. The Eagles have the toughest remaining schedule, starting with this one. Their secondary is falling apart. Teams are picking on Rizul Douglas. Their leading rusher has 261 yards. The Saints have the number one re- run defense in the NFL, which I think would shock some people. It's not just their offense that's on pace to have more points – than any but the 2007 Patriots and 2013 Broncos, this is the best team in the NFL. And doesn't it feel, on the other side, doesn't it feel like the Eagles have just been kind of like farting around this year? They're They're boring. They're farting around. They're boring. They've they've never been able to sustain any momentum this season. Is that the scientific term? That's exactly what it is. They've been like getting injured players back, and then when they do, more injuries happen. It almost feels like they're like, oh, we'll be all right. We're going to turn it on. We're going to turn it on. Things are okay. And now all of a sudden you look up, they're four and five, and they got to go to the Superdome. And I don't like their chances either. No, I mean, this this Saints team is so fun to watch. I mean, Michael Thomas is so fun to watch. His catch percentage is one of the most amazing stats. outrageous. Because he is one of the most amazing stats in sports. Kamara, to me, is if I could choose one running back, I would take him. And you don't even need him all the time. Taysom Hill is important. And then last week, they're breaking out, guys. Dan, they, mm-hmm. Keith Kirkwood, and Love Dan Arnold. They took Dan Arnold out of the wonder years and, and they're catching <laughs> passes. Like, who are they? They've even heard of these guys and they're making plays. I don't like the I think injury. you conflated the name of the That's dad's, his real name, with <laughs> yeah, his last name on the show. Oh, Dan really? Loria and uh, Whatever. Arnold. The Kevin son was Arnold. Kevin Arnold. Chief yeah. Kirkwood, Dan Arnold. Send them back to the 50s. Losing Taron Armstead is an issue. Not I don't know if it's this week, but in general. It's a coming-of-age story about the 60s. Yeah, against this defensive line, that's an issue. But, th- I mean, what's going to stop them from scoring 30 or 40? This Nothing. They they held the Bengals to 20 minutes of possession last week. 
And that game was over 10 minutes. I was covering that. That was an undressing. I stopped watching it at halftime. They're, they're the one team. A lot of defenses, and the Colts are like this, a lot of defenses that aren't that good are just kind of like, okay, beat us with a 15-play drive. We figure you'll make a mistake at some point. And, but then the Saints, when teams do that to them, they just do 15-play drives. I have to apologize to Chiefs fans because right now in my mind, there is no MVP discussion. It's Drew Brees. Ooh. Wow, I think he separated himself over the last three or four games. I think it's a dis- I think they're close. But I'd you, take Breeze too. You know, Twenty-two of twenty-five last week. Uh, where we always say they can't play Mahomes on the road. On awesome the road. though. So I'm gonna give the edge to Breeze. You know it's fun though. These guys get six more weeks. Right. It's a, long it's a race. It could be a seven. The discussion can resurface. It's it's six to it's, seven weeks. It's highly narrative driven, <laughs> and this may be the last time you can give this award to Drew Brees, and you've got another fifteen years to give it to Patrick Mahomes. The Saints are getting better, like progressively better every week of the season. Sheldon Rankins is beasting people on their defensive line. And now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> you may or may not have heard. <laughs> Aunt May? <laughs> but Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman. See, Dan, sometimes you just got to throw in the, even though it's not on the copy. I think they Whoa, should fix the copy at a certain point. Shots here. At a certain point, fix the Next damn level. copy. Which means that at Lowe's, you'll find an ever-growing selection of mechanics tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online ready to help tackle projects throughout your home. If one of those projects happens to be in a really tight space to get to, then you definitely need to check out the 120-tooth ratchet. It has a three-degree arc swing, you guys. Do you know <laughs> what that does? I mean, I'm asked this question three to four times a week, starting to know. We didn't either, but we do now. Wes's reads are so folksy. <laughs> a three-degree arc <laughs> swing valuable. means you can loosen oh. or tighten bolts with less movement in those hard-to-reach spots. They should dig up and reanimate the Bartles and James guys and have Wes join <laughs> I them love the those guys. <laughs> I could be their third. That, that should make it easy to tackle any auto or DIY project on your list. Plus, they come in a gunmetal chrome finish. That, that's sexy. That's not only sharp-looking, it makes them corrosion-resistant. What guy doesn't want gunmetal chrome? Come on. No, you need that. Uh, some beta cuck. <laughs> Snowflake. Shop the new home of Craftsman today at Lowe's.com slash around. That's Lowe's. L-O-W-E-S dot com slash around. That uh, feels ripe for another sponsor to send us what we've been talking about for months and months. Why would, would it hurt you to send out four of those ratchet scenarios? I need a three-degree arc swing in my four life? to Greg? Get his toolbox cooking. <laughs> Send him a toolbox, too. It's a battle for first place in the NFC North. Oh, yeah. The Vikings, 5-3-1. and one. They've quietly won four of their last five. They got everything in order. And here's a test, because here are the Bears, a team that really, in addition to being the team of the uh, around the NFL West, have not been tested often. Here's a big one. You beat the Vikings at home. People are buying in, including this room. I think that's fair. This would be the best team the Bears have beaten all year. And I know that we chose well for Team of ATL because I want to look at these these two teams. They're so evenly matched. The Vikings' last four opponents have been held under 300 yards by their defense, and there's still no defense in the NFL I trust more than the Bears with a healthy Khalil Mack. Kyle Fuller's playing even better than last year. Bryce Callahan is a Pro Bowl slot receiver this year. Roquan Smith is coming on. We take Akeem Hicks for granted. This is... To me, that final score in the Lions game last week was not reflective of the beating this defense put on the Lions. 
Um, and then on the other hand, the Vikings have Dalvin Cook and Stephon Diggs finally healthy. But I think the Bears can pick on that offensive line. How did Khalil Mack look last week? He had two sacks. Um, there was a viral video of him bull rushing uh, Taylor Decker that got sent around, but I think it was a little unfair to Decker. It looked like his, he kind of had his foot stepped on by an offensive lineman, mm. which made it easier for the bull rush to happen. But, but Mac was Mac was pretty active. Moving well. And we're starting to see week by week what Mitch Trubisky can be in this offense as well. I thought he had one of his best games. And this is the game I've waited for. I have not – I probably – if there's criticism about the team of ATL not latching on in this room the way that people would want, I definitely am at fault for that if, if there's fault to be blamed because I've not really bought in because they've not really had that signature win. They're going to get it this week. I know it because I'm locking it up. Yes! Woo! I, I like that because I – you say it, it is an even matchup and I've been waiting for this matchup, but if you just kind of look at the numbers, it's not that even. The Bears have been – a better offense than the Vikings, period. I mean, there's averaging 30 points a game. There's no question that the Bears have a better offense. They don't have a better quarterback necessarily, but they have a better offense. Oh, I don't try. I saw you finally giving Trubisky some love in your quarterback. Yeah, and I don't. And with Trubisky, I'm really looking forward to this game, too, because I don't think we need to do a week by week appraisal like he is growing slowly. He's playing in a great offense. That was my only point all year. Let the guy grow under a good quarterback and, and coach. he's he's making some some plays on his own but this is a great and a tough matchup for him but I was gonna say their offense is definitely better and their defense is probably better too than the Greg best. aren't you kind of hurting your own writing career here by saying we don't need to do week by week appraisals that's on my problem that's I've yeah. I tried that's why I would no longer rank it every every it's week rough. one to 32 I try to do it every four weeks at the very least but they don't mm. like that this Mitch and, and I know People some like of the numbers check back in four weeks for Greg's column are bloated a little bit because they've had a couple really lopsided games including that what is a six touchdown game for Trubisky and but it's a friendly system for quarterbacks. it's a lot of it's a lot of screen passes that go 60 yards and other plays like that that at, any quarterback yeah at the end of the day coming out of last season, which you, uh, an incomplete grade you could give him last year. Uh, there was a lot of questions in August. Is this guy going to be able to help this team go to the next level? And it might be a quarterback-friendly system, but this guy is on pace to like set all these Bears records. Yeah. The the maturity and growth of Mitch Trubisky, you cannot be going any better. Maybe it's not going at the level Jared Goff last year, which is what a lot of the comparisons, but maybe it's not that far off either. And he's bringing as much value as a runner as Cam Newton does. And he, he is – the most big. valuable runner in the league. So that's what I wrote about partly. I never out of ex- quarterbacks. Out of quarterbacks. It's not even close according to QBR or P- well, PFF. I- and when you watch him, it makes sense. He plays a lot to me like like Russell Wilson did as a, as a young player. Yes. He maybe doesn't quite have the deep ball like accuracy yet, but otherwise he plays a lot like I mean, Russell Wilson. And now he's got Allen Robinson looking like Allen Robinson last week, which I thought was for a, the huge, first time. a huge development. It was about time for someone to come along and set – Bears records at quarterback yeah. because they've had literally nothing at that position like Eric, outside of the like Jim Eric, McMahon. Are they Eric Kramer records? Hey, Who has it? Look, this is the Cutler. only no, – Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. One, probably oh, Jay Cutler. Some of their quarterback records, in fact, most of them, are held by a guy who played the prime of his career in the 1930s and 40s, Sid Luckman. That is embarrassing right. for an organization. This is, this is one – I – so excited. This game is kind of annoying. It, I'm getting increasingly annoyed that when these Sunday night football bangers are happening, some, we're doing the pod well, we'll uh, during the we'll first live. half and stuff. Because this one, these are two teams I feel like I still, I don't know about. We'll live. I mean, it's after it's, it's weeks, like on while we're talking. Their season is starting around Thanksgiving is what I'm saying. We'll Let's find out about this. Hey, dog, 
Thanksgiving is when you really got to start paying attention I mean, to the National <laughs> Football League, where they fine. Play then let's, you know what? We'll ch- next next season we'll test that and we'll check in as a group around December first. <laughs> uh, finally, it is the game of the year. It is Monday Night Football. It is the 9-1 Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people view them as a favorite to go to the Super Bowl against the 9-1 Los Angeles Rams, viewed by a lot of people as a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. It's a potential preview, Mark Sessler, of the Super Bowl. It's a game being played where? Los Angeles, Mark Sessler, not Mexico City. (laughs) And we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do, let's talk about this football game. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have some fun on Monday night. I feel like everyone talks about the offenses over and over and over. And I'm trying to look at these defenses and say, who could come in and make an impact and prevent it from being just a 45 to 44 like everyone assumes it is? One guy for the Chiefs, I think D. Ford has been playing really, really well for them. Oh, my God. And they have Justin Houston back. This game feels to me like you got to get one of these teams to commit a killer turnover late third quarter, early fourth, up disrupt the flow of like seven straight touchdown drives by both teams, and that's the key. I mean, I think you're going to get one turnover that everyone's going to be talking about the next the next morning. Marcus Peters' revenge game? Uh, not pointing to that necessarily. Although that I would like to see him. What did he What did he do against the Jets? It wasn't, it was, there was some <laughs> bad. Let's, let's do that. There. He threw a that, flag into the stadium, then came out of the locker room without his shoes on. One of my of favorite game. subplots to any. It game. Had not been like kicked out of the game. <laughs> he was active at that point. <laughs> that looked like such a home run trade for the Rams, and has not worked out yet. And we'll see how the the Chiefs try to attack a guy that they know pretty well. I think the Chiefs' defense is getting better, and you know, D. Ford is not going to have Andre Smith to tee off on like he did last week in which was one of the most impressive mismatches I've ever seen in my life watching football snap after snap D Ford didn't even have to use moves he just speed rushed him every single time and got to the quarterback that won't happen against the Rams tackles but he's having a great year he's sort of like the Demarcus Lawrence of this season Justin Houston like you said Chris Jones is having a great year they actually have a better front right now in terms of just the talent in terms of top shelf guys playing at the height of their powers. Chris Jones so far has been a top 10 player at his position. More than Aaron Donald. Ford, and Ford absolutely has. And Justin Houston played really well last week. Yeah, because I think they have three guys playing at that high a level. I think Donald is the defensive player of the year for me right now. But Sue and Brockers have been solid. I don't think they've been game changers. Chief secondary has improved too. Steven Nelson is playing much better than he was earlier in the year. They got Sorensen back from injury. My fear, and it kind of plays into what you said a little bit there just now, Greg, is the last time the Rams in a big spot, that defense, which got pumped up and heralded as a difference-making defense when they went against the Saints, they got embarrassed. They got dunked on by the Saints, and there are some differences. This game is going to be in their building, uh, and obviously it's the Chiefs, not the Saints this time, but you're wondering, does this Ram defense have it in them to really put up a fight when you get to at this level of offense? Does any team, does any defense in football right. – Maybe that's the greater question, but is this Rams defense capable of making big stops when it counts against a truly elite offense? And don't hurt yourself. They had five personal fouls last week. That You can't do that in this game. Sean McVay was about as upset about that as he's been upset about anything since he's been a coach. They don't have a keep to lead back, which I really do think will make a pretty big difference for that defense. But I totally expect Patrick Mahomes to light them up. I mean, Patrick Mahomes last week I thought was a an interesting test for him because he really got hit a lot, 
And there, there was a great article on The Athletic that, that pointed out kind of what he did on some plays where if you're watching the broadcast feed, it looks like guys are pretty wide open. But Mahomes is pretty next level with the way that he sort of points his body in one direction and then passes in another, and that's what gets them open. Or he's really good for a, a second-year quarterback, a first-year starter, of using his eyes. And there was a, a great play down the sideline where he pump-faked you know, a cornerback away. So he's doing a lot of next-level things. It's not just that their scheme and play is open for him. He's incredibly, I, I, just, I guess, has a good feel for the game, kind of like an Andrew Luck. Good anticipation, too, which not all young quarterbacks have. One other thing that I'll be tracking in this game, because I love the MVP race and I love uh, the history of all that. Uh, right now, the way it is, it seems Mahomes, Breeze, you, you put them where you want to put them, and then Gurley maybe, a distant third? I'd put Goff third. I have okay, to but you could, I would put Gurley third. Gurley, this is the stage. If Gurley has any chance of that, if he puts his team on his back and has a monster game with everybody that watches football watching this game, the ratings are going to be huge. He would enter the MVP race in earnest right now. As it stands right now, I think he's lucky to win the bronze, and that's probably how it's going to turn out. Just be offensive player of the year again. Right, but if he has a monster game right. here, that could put him into the race legitimately. And maybe Goff, too. I'm not totally – we still have seven games left. I think he's – I don't think he's underrated, but I think he's making a lot of really special throws on a weekly basis. At the level so, of the other two guys? No, about? no. Right now, I, he had I no would, shot right now. I would now. put him third. I'm just saying if, if they had a, a dominant performance where he yeah. get another night like he did against Minnesota. I mean, some of, some of these throws, I, I'm thinking of – one against the Packers where, you know, they're getting pressure on him quickly and he's making plays on his own. He's showing anticipation. Like, he, he is impressive. Well, I think for, for Goff to be considered in the MVP, because I it comes down to this stuff, he's going to have to beat the Chiefs. Like, if they yeah. if they ever – if they were nipped by Kansas City, Goff is out of that right. race you, entirely. You mentioned how it's a narrative base and, and that's part of it. Like, there's, this is such a high-profile game of these three MVP candidates. If someone goes nuts of these three guys – that's going to go a long way with that vote. I mean, you can't be golf, lose to Kansas City, and yeah. lose to New yeah, Orleans. Breeze is, yeah, I think it's going to be Breeze or Mahomes. But there's, and I think there's something about the Rams that may, it kind of frustrates Mark at times, and it almost is like they're. It almost looks too easy for them. They remind me of the Peyton Manning Colts. Like they only have a, a handful amount of plays, and they just execute them so well. It's like a machine going up and down the field. Let's pick this game, Mark. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, like, again, I said, I think it's going to come down to some sort of defensive turnover that changes the, the landscape here. Final score? 38-28. Wow. I don't think the Rams can stop the Chiefs, but that goes both ways. And I always pick the Rams, so I'm going to stay with them. I like it. Uh, how about a little Rams in their building, rallying around a lot of drama all around them. 38-35. Have you made your lock? I have. I locked up the Houston Texans. I almost locked up the Rams. I feel good about them this week. I, I considered locking up the Chiefs. I just think that they're the best team in the league, and this is going to be the day to see it. I hope I'm wrong because I kind of root for the old uh, Rammy. Oh, yeah, Plus you it would be a nice Look at all this day. fresh blood the, just the top nice. of the league right now. Yeah, get the Patriots out of there. Let's get the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. <laughs> get, maybe get the Steelers back in the game against the Rams or the Saints. Let's just freshen it up a little bit. What do you think, Greg? It would make my Super Bowl week less stressful. So there's like a positive to it for you. You know what's stressful? Watching your team go like 3-13 and 13, 12 years in a row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, by the way, Mark, I officially I have a statement to make about the uh, sandwich prop and the Rams game being moved 
from Azteca. Uh, there was a lot of social media outcry in, in favor of you and in support of you. Um, my feeling on the issue, which was made clear Wednesday, was that though you hit it in spirit, you did not nail it. So that's why I had voted no. But I understand that people want to see a fun prediction rewarded. And for that reason, uh, although I disagree, I will recuse myself from this matter entirely. How, big, you how big of you? That was a non-apology <laughs> apology. Thank you, Mother Teresa. <laughs> well, I'm, I, the, I'm the one who's given the sandwich, and I had already – yeah, I told someone on Twitter last night when they made the argument. Greg, I have recused myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I responded on Twitter to someone who made the argument that it was like the catch rule. And that one, you know, I'm a man that can be swayed by logical arguments. And I thought that was a great way to, to put it, that, that you were getting so caught up in, in the rule book, you had lost sight of what is a catch, what is not a catch, what is a correct prop, what is not a prop. And ultimately, Mark did get it right. And I tried to get him a sandwich or a burrito today. Oh, please. But uh, well, and, <laughs> and I even thought about surprising him. No, no, no. I, I texted him at 830 and sent him the menus because I, I was getting some for myself, too. Uh, and w- I was thinking of surprising him. But what are the odds of finding food that Mark likes without? Well, hold on. Him? So two he scenarios. Said no. He has some yeah. mysterious lunch date at 3 p.m. So he two scenarios. Say, Definitely with a woman. Not at all. <laughs> two scenarios. One, if I just waltzed in here with a sandwich from Greg, assuming that that would not cause c- conflict within the room. Oh, that's what that, it's my no, sandwich. no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, it's because it's not just, it's not just, it's not just one person's decision. And I'm going to, I'm not going to accept anything yet either. I'm going to think what? about this because it feels like something that will come back to haunt me in various ways when Dan's pulled himself out of the race. I see the long game here, and I'm going to think <laughs> about it over the Here's weekend. The thing, it doesn't matter. I'm, give, I'm bringing you the sandwich, so should either take it or you don't. Should have got him Tupperware full of watermelon or something. <laughs> Oh, it's, Cantaloupe. A, it's great. It's a democracy. There's three people here. Uh, and even if I did keep my horse in the race, I would have been outvoted, it sounds like. So I think it's a, a peaceful ending. <laughs> you took I, your horse out of the race. Well, I myself. You know, we'll make some space on a, on a later right. episode to revote on the Philly special, which is much more of a heinous crime than this scenario. Yeah, I, I, that I will I never change my opinion. I haven't seen any sandwiches yeah. change hands in a long time. The, so I thought the it'd be number nice to mix of, it up. The number of our listeners who have absolutely no respect for the helmet catch blows my mind. I know. People have short memories. Let's well, see, I think let's a see lot what the of Philly these... special looks like in ten years is my my argument all along. I will be eating are, well on that day. People are prisoners of the moment. Yes, they are, and I think a lot of these listeners weren't even watching football when the helmet catch was made. All right. I don't like how this episode ended. At Wait, all. why? What you got uh, your sandwich? No, the Philly special to me is like every once in a That's while you I'll want. just think about it and I'll be like, "That's your white way." Absurd. Well, when yeah, when you. <laughs> When you rejected my um, sandwiches, I was hoping that you didn't like sort of want it. You didn't want something to be battling against. You do want to win this, right? I very much appreciate your gesture, Greg. Erica, have you noted in today's minutes that I recused myself? I did, yeah. It's written down. Minutes 301. All right. Good stuff. Uh, We'll be back on Sunday uh, with a recap of all the games we just previewed. So make sure you check that out. Also, check out the Around the NFL subreddit, uh, which is uh, 10,000 uh, voices strong. Good stuff there. And Around the NFL on Twitter. And you can follow us all on Twitter. And uh, we, we respect you. And we love you for listening to the show all these years. <laughs> I mean, you, we get sick and tired of our voices. Oh. But, the, but people don't get sick and tired of hearing us, I guess. Oh, I think on occasion they certainly do. I, I'm not sick of you guys, mostly. I am sick of myself. All right, let's go.
Stan Hansis. Ricky, got to bring that date. Start the cycle anew. Stan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the old boss. And Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Sunday night. of restless nights at lisa we know good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health from memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home for a limited time save up to 700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows go to lisa.com iheart for an additional 50 off mattresses and select goods exclusions apply see lisa.com for more details this is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Vosh at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.